0: You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. The Bible has a lot to say about love. I think you understand that. I think we know that. But really, you'd have to say that the theme of the Bible is the love of God. Uh, Genesis 1, I mean, God's love is demonstrated in chapter 2 and 3 when uh, Adam and Eve sinned, and yet God already had a plan for redemption. God already had a plan for salvation. And then you get to Genesis chapter 6, and you see uh, the account of Noah and and how God uh, loved uh, the world, but yet God had to judge their sin. The Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and God saved Noah and his family. And By the way, God was willing to save anybody that would have repented, anybody that would have put their trust in him. They could have been saved. But it's not until you get to Genesis chapter 22 that we find the word love in the Bible. Now, again, the, 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 the love of God is all throughout the pages from Genesis to Revelation. There's no doubt about it. But it's not till we get to Genesis 22 that we find the first time that the word love is used in the Bible. And I think it's so fitting that in this passage of scripture, we see a picture, a very clear picture, a very vivid illustration of salvation. You say, well, where is the plan of salvation in Genesis 22? Well, it's not spelled out like it is in the book of Romans, but you can't read Genesis 22 without seeing God's redemption plan laid out and unfolded in the fact that God would send his son to be the sacrifice for the sins of the world. Genesis 22, it says in verse one, that it came to pass after these things that God did tempt or test Abraham. And he said unto him, Abraham, and he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou Lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Wow, is that not a picture of what we find when God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son? And Jesus Christ became the propitiation, he became the atonement, he became the sacrifice. Not just for my sin, not just for your sin, but Jesus became the sacrifice, the payment for the sins of the entire world. And you know how all that came about? It came about because God so loved the world. You ought to, sometime you ought to uh, put a little arrow in that verse, John 3, 16, and you ought to just put your name in there. For God so loved Jeremy. For God so loved David, for God so loved Edmund, for God so loved Mill, for God so loved Mike, for God so loved Brian, for God so loved Dean, for God so loved uh, 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 Don, and for God so loved Gene. You ought to just put your name in there and say, God loved me. And friend, don't ever get over the fact that you wouldn't be saved today were it not for the love of God. Because Jesus didn't have to die, and God didn't have to send his son, but he did because... He loved you and me, and I'd like to preach for a few moments this morning from Genesis 22 about the first time that love is mentioned in the Bible, and it has to do with salvation. Father, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and help me to be very clear and help me to to deliver this message as you've given it to me. Uh, I've been so stirred. I've been uh, reminded. I've been challenged uh, of all that I have through Jesus Christ for all that I have with salvation. And may we never take it for granted. I pray if there's anyone here today that has never put their faith and trust in Jesus, they've not been saved, they are lost. They are still uh, in their sins and uh, unless they put their faith and trust in you, they will spend eternity in a place called hell. God, I pray that that person today, I pray that they would see their need of salvation. I pray that they would see the love of God and I pray that they would receive it today. I pray that you'd speak to all of us. Give us what we need, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I've said it before, but Genesis 22 gives us insight into the love that Abraham had for God, but it also gives us insight into the love that God has for us. Yes, Abraham loved his son in this story, but he loved God more. And we see in this story a picture of the amazing love that God has for us. I see, number one, in this account, I see the price that had to be paid. Did you know for your sin and for my sin, we owed a great, great debt? It was a debt we could not pay. It was a debt that if you had a thousand lifetimes, you could never pay it. As a matter of fact, there is nothing you or I could do to pay our debt. We were in trouble. The Bible says it like this. We were in this world without God and we were without hope. That's until Jesus came. But I'm glad when Jesus came, everything changed. I'm glad when Jesus came, there was hope and there is hope and there is eternal life. But there's a price. The price had to be paid. In Genesis 22, God told Abraham to go and to offer a sacrifice. A sacrifice had to be made. God told Abraham to take his son, Isaac, and to offer him as a sacrifice. Now, you know the story. And you know that as Abraham was ready to bring that knife down and to offer his son, God stopped him. And God did not allow Abraham to go through with that. And God provided a substitute. God provided a ram to be slain rather than Isaac. The the story, obviously, I think you know the, the correlation there is that it was you and me. That knife was coming down. That price had to be paid. That judgment had to be done. But God says, wait, wait. You don't have to pay the price because God sent his son to pay the price for you. And I'm glad that Jesus was willing to pay the price. The wages of sin is death. Oh, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. There's a price. An animal had to be slain and blood had to be shed and Jesus Christ came as the Lamb of God that took away the sin of the world. I see the price, but number two, I see in this passage, I see there was a specific place. Now, this is no accident. God didn't tell Abraham, just go pick out a spot wherever you want. God said to Abraham, I want you to go to the land of Moriah. Now, that place is where Abraham uh, was prepared to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice. And many years later, that very spot was the place where David built or prepared for the building of the temple that his son Solomon would construct. It was at that place that David saw the judgment of God and the angel of the Lord was going throughout the land. And David saw that angel over the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. It's an amazing story. And it was there that David ran and he met Ornan and he said, uh, said, I need to get this uh, land and I need to build uh, an altar. I need to offer sacrifices. And, And Ornan said, David, you're the king. You can have the land, you can have the animals, you can have it all. And David said this, he said, I will not offer to the Lord of that which doth cost me nothing. And David said, I'm gonna pay you, Ornan, I'm not gonna pay a discount, I'm paying you the full price because what I give to God, I want to be willing to pay for of that, that sacrifice. I want to do my part. Well, obviously you can't pay the price for your sin, and I can't pay the price for my sin. But aren't you glad that we can serve God? Aren't you glad we can show our love and show our appreciation? Not, be, not to get saved, but because we are saved. And it was there that the temple was built later there at the threshing floor of Ornan, Solomon's temple. That temple lasted through the Babylonian invasion and there it was destroyed and it was rebuilt post-captivity. Today on that very spot, I mentioned this a few weeks ago. I think it was in a series on, in the series on Revelation, but uh, the Muslims own that spot. And there is the, the Dome of the Rock is there on that very spot today. And uh, during the millennial reign, there will be a temple where Jesus Christ, he will rule and he will reign there in Jerusalem. But that spot is so important. That spot is where the sacrifice had to be made. Well, the Bible tells us of a spot where Jesus Christ paid the price for our sin the songwriter wrote about it and he said years I spent in vanity and pride caring not my Lord was crucified knowing not for it was for me he died on Calvary aren't you glad that Jesus paid the price at Calvary Aren't you glad that there's a place, although you may never have been there, and I've never been there, but there is a place where Jesus died and Jesus paid the price for our sin. And I want to ask you today, have you been to that place? I'm not talking about physically. Physically. I'm not saying you have to get on a plane. I'm not saying you have to go to Calvary, and I'm not saying you have to kneel down at Calvary to get saved. You can get saved right here at 2360 Bowling Road. You can get saved anywhere. You can get saved because whosoever will uh, uh, can be saved, and whosoever will uh, can call upon the name of the Lord. But have you been to Calvary? Have you been saved? Another verse of that song, it says, Mercy, there was great, and grace was free pardon there was multiplied to me there my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary I hope you've been to that place for me as a four year old boy I knelt beside the bed in my parents bedroom at 229 Victory Street in Rockford Illinois and it was at that place that I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior and friend I want to tell you I don't get to go back to that place very often but every time I do every time I drive by I always thank the Lord for the day that he saved me. And you may not be able to drive by the place where you got saved, but you ought to think about it all the time. You ought to thank God all the time. You ought to tell people about it all the time, about the place where you got saved. And there was a place where Abraham was told to go to offer his son Isaac. Number three, I see there was a provision. The price had to be paid. Because God is righteous and God is holy, he cannot allow sin to go unpunished. And so the price had to be paid. The sacrifice had to be made. But the difference is it didn't have to be Isaac. God provided a substitute. And friend, the same is true for you and me. Somebody's got to pay the price for your sin. And there's only two options. It's either you or it's Jesus. And if you pay the price for your sin, that means that you will have to spend forever, eternity, in a place called hell, separated from God. Or you can let Jesus pay the price. And when you let Jesus pay the price, the wonderful thing is, is that he pays the price and you don't have to go to hell. Instead, you get a home in heaven. You get your sins forgiven. You get your name recorded in the book of life and you have a new name written down in glory. Now, those are the choices. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out which one of those is the better choice. But friend, I want to tell you, God loved you. And Jesus loved you and Jesus died for you so that you could have your sins forgiven. The provision was made. God provided. Jesus paid your debt. He didn't owe a debt. You had a debt that you could not pay. And Jesus stepped in and Jesus was willing to pay the price. He became your substitute. But then I see lastly in this story, and I know I haven't read all the verses like I normally would do, but I'd ask you maybe later if you get time to to read through. But it says in verse number 15, and usually we skip over these verses because God provided the ram and uh, Isaac was saved, and we say, oh, that's a wonderful story, the end. Oh, no, that's not the end. And by the way, the day you got saved, that wasn't the end of the story for you either. Did you know that if God only desired to save you and that was it, then as soon as you got saved, he could take you up to heaven. He could say, all right, it's all done. But no, friend, it's not done. Your salvation's done. Your eternity is settled. But God's got something for you to do. That's why he left you here. Notice with me, verse number 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, by myself have I sworn saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee. And in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Notice the end of verse 18. Because thou hast, what, obeyed my voice. Did you know that the pages of Scripture are filled with promises for those that will obey the word of God? Now, there's some promises. God promises whether you obey or not, he's going to keep his word. But there are other promises that God gives that he will bless us if we will obey. And friend, I want to tell you, when you got saved, your life was not over your life was just getting started because God has blessings in store and God has things he wants to do. He wants to use you. Did you know that God wants to use you to share your faith with somebody else? Did you know God wants to use you to tell somebody else about the love of God that you've experienced? Did you know God wants to bless your family? God wants to bless your marriage. God wants to bless this ministry. God wants to bless this church. God wants to use you and God wants to bless you and he will. If we will obey the promise, I see number four is God's richest blessing on those who will obey. God loves you. God's love extends beyond salvation. God's love extends through all of eternity. And on this, I love my church Sunday. I've got have got a whole list here. I've got about seven or eight things I'd like to share, and I, I shared one of them this morning, so you ought to be proud of me that I'm wrapping it up right now. But on this I Love My Church Sunday, I want to say this. Don't ever forget the greatest love when God extended to you his salvation. We don't deserve it. We don't get saved because we're good people. We don't get saved because we, 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 we are, are, are well-intentioned. We don't get saved because we've got so much potential. We get saved because for some reason God saw something in us that he loved. And he loved us so much he was willing to send his son to die on the cross for our sins. Friends, I want to tell you, I've, just, I've gotten done this morning telling you how much I love this church. And I hope you know how much my wife and I, we love you. And I don't mean to hurt your feelings. But I don't love you as much as God loves you. You see my wife and I we have five children we have four girls and we have a a son he's our only son I wouldn't give my son for you I wouldn't let my son die for you although I love you you see we're not talking about human love here we're not talking about a business deal we're not talking about a transaction that two people make in an agreement we're talking about a love That is beyond all human comprehension we're talking about the love of God who loved us so much that he was willing to give his son to die on a cross so that you and I could be saved and may we never get over that and if you're here today and you've never been saved maybe you're watching the service online maybe you're listening by way of radio and you've never been saved friend I want to tell you God loves you and he wants to save you today